Section 11 of Volsunga Saga. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Volsunga Saga by Anonymous. Translated by Erika Magnusson and William Morris. Section 11. Chapter 36. Now tells the tale of Gunnar that in the same wise it fared with him. For when they awoke, Glaumvur, his wife, told him many dreams which seemed to her like to betoken guile coming. But Gunnar reeded them all in other wise. This was one of them, said she. Methought a bloody sword was borne into the hall here, wherewith thou wert thrust through, and at either end of that sword wolves howled. The king answered, Cur-dogs shall bite me belike. Blood-stained weapons oft betoken dogs' snappings. She said, Yet again I dreamed, that women came in, heavy and drooping, and chose thee for their mate. Mayhappen these would be thy fateful women. He answered, Hard to a reed is this, and none may set aside the fated measure of his days, nor is it unlike that my time is short. So in the morning they arose, and were minded for the journey, but some letted them herein. Then cried Gunnar to the man who is called Fjarnir, Arise, and give us to drink goodly wine from great tuns, because may happen this shall be very last of all our feasts. For belike if we die the old wolf shall come by the gold, and that bear shall nowise spare the bite of his war-tusks. Then all the folk of his household brought them on their way, weeping. The son of Hogni said, Fare ye well with merry tide. The more part of their folk were left behind. Solar and Snivar, the sons of Hogni, fared with them, and a certain great champion named Orkning, who was the brother of Kostbera. So folk followed them down to the ships, and all letted them of their journey, but attained to naught therein. Then spake Glamvar, and said, O Vingi, most like that great ill-hap will come of thy coming, and mighty and evil things shall betide in thy travelling. He answered, Hearken to my answer, that I lie not aught, and may the high gallows and all things of grame have me, if I lie one word. Then cried Kostbera, Fare ye well with merry days. And Hugni answered, Be glad of heart, howsoever it may fare with us. And therewith they parted, each to their own fate. Then away they rode so hard and fast that well-nigh the half of the keel slipped away from the ship, and so hard they laid on to the oars that thole and gunwale brake. And when they came aland they made their ship fast. And then they rode a while on their noble steeds through the murk wild wood. And now they behold the king's army, and huge uproar and the clatter of weapons they hear from thence, and they see there a mighty host of men, and the manifold array of them, even as they wrought there. And all the gates of the burg were full of men. So they rode up to the burg, and the gates thereof were shut. Then Hergni brake open the gates, and therewith they ride into the burg, 
Then spake Vingi, Well might ye have left this deed undone. Go to now, bide ye here, while I go seek your gallows-tree. Softly and sweetly I bade you hither, but an evil thing abode thereunder. Short while to bide, ere ye are tied up to that same tree. Hergni answered, None the more shall we waver for that cause. For little methinks have we shrunk aback when as men fell to fight, and naught shall it avail thee to make us afeard, and for an ill fate hast thou wrought. And therewith they cast him down to earth, and smote him with their axe-hammers till he died. Chapter 37 Then they rode unto the king's hall. And King Otley arrayed his host for battle. And the ranks were so set forth that a certain wall there was betwixt them and the brethren. Welcome hither, said he. Deliver unto me that plenteous gold which is mine of right, even the wealth which Sigurd once owned, and which is now Gudrun's of right. Gunnar answered, Never gettest thou that wealth, and men of might must thou meet here, wherever we lay by life, if thou wilt deal with us in battle. Ah, belike thou settest forth this feast like a great man, and wouldst not hold thine hand from urn and wolf. Long ago I had it in my mind, said Otley, to take the lives of you, and be lord of the gold, and reward you for that deed of shame wherein ye beguiled the best of all your affinity. But now shall I revenge him. Hergni answered, Little will it avail to lie long brooding over that reed, leaving the work undone. And therewith they fell to hard fighting, at the first brunt with shot. But therewithal came the tidings to Gudrun, and when she heard thereof she grew exceeding wroth, and cast her mantle from her, and ran out and greeted those newcomers, and kissed her brethren, and showed them all love, and the last of all greetings was that betwixt them. Then said she, I thought I had set forth counsels, whereby ye should not come hither, but none may deal with his shape and fate. And withal she said, Will it avail aught to seek for peace? But stoutly and grimly they said nay thereto. So she sees that the game goeth sorely against her brethren, and she gathers to her great stoutness of heart, and does on her a mail-coat, and takes to her a sword, and fights by her brethren, and goes as far forward as the bravest of man-folk, and all spoke in one wise that never saw any fairer defense than in her. Now the men fell thick, and far before all others was the fighting of those brethren, and the battle endured a long while unto midday. Gunnar and Hergni went right through the folk of Otley, and so tells the tale that all the mead ran red with blood. The sons of Hergni withal set on stoutly. Then spake Otley the king, A fair host and a great have we, and mighty champions withal, and yet have many of us fallen. And but evil am I apaid, in that nineteen of my champions are slain, and but six left alive. And therewithal was there a lull in the battle. Then spake Otley the king, Four brethren were we, and now am I left alone. Great affinity I gat to me, 
and deemed my fortune well sped thereby. A wife I had, fair and wise, high of mind and great of heart, but no joyance may I have of her wisdom, for little peace is betwixt us. But ye, ye have slain many of my kin, and beguiled me of realm and riches, and for the greatest of all woes have slain my sister withal. Quoth Hugni, Why babblest thou thus? Thou wert the first to break the peace. Thou didst take my kinswoman and pine her to death by hunger, and didst murder her and take her wealth, an ugly deed for a king. Meet for mocking and laughter I deem it, that thou must needs make long tale of thy woes. Rather will I give thanks to the gods that thou fallest into ill. Chapter 38 now King Otley eggs on his folk to set on fiercely, and eagerly they fight. But the Gukings fell on so hard that King Otley gave back into the hall, and within doors was the fight, and fierce beyond all fights. That battle was the death of many a man, but such was the ending thereof, that there fell all the folk of those brethren, and they twain alone stood up on their feet, and yet many more must fare to hell first before their weapons. And now they fell on Gunnar the king, and because of the host of men that set on him was hand laid on him, and he was cast into fetters. Afterwards fought Hergni with the stoutest heart and the greatest manlihood, and he felled to earth twenty of the stoutest of the champions of King Otley, and many he thrust into the fire that burnt amidst the hall and all were of one accord that such a man might scarce be seen. Yet in the end was he borne down by many, and taken. Then said King Otley, A marvellous thing! How many men have gone their ways before him! Cut the heart from out of him, and let that be his bane! Hergni said, Do according to thy will. Merrily will I abide whatso thou wilt do against me and thou shalt see that my heart is not a dread. For hard matters have I made trial of ere now, and all things that may try a man was I fain to bear, whilst yet I was unhurt. But now sorely am I hurt, and thou alone henceforth will bear mastery in our dealings together. Then spake a counsellor of King Otley, Better read I see thereto. Take we the thrall, Hyatli, and give respite to Hygne. For this thrall is made to die, since the longer he lives, the less worth shall he be. The thrall hearkened, and cried out aloft, and fled away anywhither where he might hope for shelter, crying out that a hard portion was his because of their strife and wild doings, and an ill day for him whereon he must be dragged to death from his sweet life and his swine-keeping. But they caught him and turned a knife against him, and he yelled and screamed or ever he felt the point thereof. Then in such wise spake Hergni, as a man seldom speaketh who has fallen into hard need, for he prayed for the thrall's life, and said that these shrieks he could not away with, and that it were a lesser matter to him to play out the play to the end. And therewithal the thrall gat his life, as for that time. But Gunnar and Hugni are both laid in fetters. Then spake King Otley with Gunnar the king, 
and bade him tell out concerning the gold and where it was, if he would have his life. But he answered, Nay, first will I behold the bloody heart of Hergni, my brother. So now they caught hold of the thrall again, and cut the heart from out of him, and bore it unto King Gunnar. But he said, The faint heart of Hjatli may ye here behold, little like the proud heart of Hergni. For as much as it trembleth now, more by the half it trembled when as it lay in the breast of him. So now they fell on Hergni, even as Otli urged them, and cut the heart from out of him. But such was the might of his manhood that he laughed while he abode that torment, and all wondered at his worth, and in perpetual memory is it held sithence. Then they showed it to Gunnar, and he said, The mighty heart of Hergni, little like the faint heart of Hjatli, for little as it trembleth now, less it trembled, whenas in his breast it lay. But now, O Otli, even as we die, so shalt thou die. And lo, I alone wot where the gold is, nor shall Hergni be to tell thereof now. To and fro played the matter in my mind, whiles we both lived. But now have I myself determined for myself, and the Rhine River shall rule over the gold, rather than that the Huns shall bear it on the hands of them. Then said King Otley, Have away the bondsman. And so they did. But Gudrun called to her men, and came to Otley, and said, May it fare ill with thee, now and from henceforth, even as thou hast ill-held to thy word with me. So Gunnar was cast into a worm-close, and many worms abode him there, and his hands were fast bound. But Gudrun sent him a harp, and in such wise did he set forth his craft, that wisely he smote the harp, smiting it with his toes, and so excellently well he played that few deemed they had heard such playing even when the hand had done it. And with such might and power he played that all the worms fell asleep in the end, save one adder only, great and evil of aspect, that crept unto him, and thrust its sting into him until it smote his heart, and in such wise, with great hardihood, he ended his life days. End of section 11